Thanks for listening to the Cruise Corner Podcast. This is your host, Lonnie, and I'm bringing you Episode 6, Beasts of Burden. I like to talk about finding empathy in the military because prior to joining, the way I heard people talk about service members varied. Some people recognized us as being heroes, but more often than not, and this could have just been because of where I grew up, I heard them be referred to as heartless, soulless, murderers. Uh, And then because of my dad being a Vietnam veteran, I also heard the stories of them being called baby killers and rapists. And those names were far different from what I had heard at the time I served. Empathy is something that for some can feel like both a gift and a curse. Unlike sympathy, where someone may just feel pity for another person, empathy allows us to genuinely understand others, especially in regards to what somebody else may be feeling. I learned a great deal about empathy in the military, surprisingly enough. Uh, The soldiers I met were nothing like the mindless, heartless killing machines that were portrayed in movies I saw growing up or described by anti-war press protesters back home. Empathy seemed to be the foundation for the deep emotional bonds and the psychological interactions that form during training and in combat. It added to that feeling of togetherness that appeared within the platoon or company, the rapport that was built from soldier to soldier or service member to service member, and the camaraderie we all hold so dear. On one end, I believe empathy along with all the things that are rooted in it, can make the military appealing, especially to those who long for some form of fellowship, loyalty, or solidarity in their lives. It's why so many take the principles, I believe, presented within the warrior ethos so seriously. On the other end, I feel empathy and all it encompasses can be draining. While I consider it to be one of my greater character traits, it has also been the cause of much of my distress. When I care, I care very deeply. And when I love, I love hard. And so I cared for and loved many of the people I served alongside. And because of that, every loss was felt with intensity. And every comrade that was suffering had both an emotional and physical impact on me as well. And it's because I have suffered throughout certain times of my life that I do my best to spare people from pain. I do my best to keep them from suffering or experiencing sorrow or at least helping them through it when they do feel it. And it's mostly because I have come to know things like depression and anxiety and grief far too well. And when you know what that suffering feels like, it's easier to be empathetic because you do your best to keep others from experiencing it. Unfortunately, over time, you begin to realize that you cannot save everyone. You cannot take everyone's pain onto yourself. We are only human, after all, and we all have our limits. We all can break. But then there lies an issue. That firmly implanted concept of never leaving a fallen comrade has the power to break the spirit when it's either left unfulfilled or we feel unsuccessful due to the condition in which one of our fellow service members is in. 
Leaders feel like they fail when they're unable to keep their personnel safe. Soldiers feel like they fail when they can't bring their buddies home alive. And some of us felt like we failed when, even after we got home, one of our comrades still ends up taking their own life. Sometimes people spend so much time worrying about everyone else and try so hard to save everyone from suffering that they end up neglecting themselves and their own needs. Even after the military, I have seen how veterans will still go out of their way to try to care for one another and how camaraderie really does live on long after the service. I know I personally do not want to see anyone get left behind, which is why I invest my time and energy into things that I hope will make a difference for someone, anyone for that matter. There was always a part of me that was thankful to be spared certain sites of war. But then I would be lying if I said I never felt any guilt because of it. Uh, some would refer to this as survivor's guilt. And it wasn't that I was looking for some cool war story to talk about or an experience that would help me gain pity or attention. I wasn't looking to bolster any claims at the VA. I simply felt guilty that others either had far more devastating things occur to them or they were unable to handle the effects of their traumas. Being slightly older than a number of the people around me, uh, I felt obligated to take on the suffering and the psychological torment that was affecting soldiers that seemed so much younger or so much more broken down than I did or I was. I suppose that was kind of the motherly side of me. I wanted to protect these guys that I saw as still being kids. I wanted to shield or stand in for soldiers that had small children back home or a brand new baby on the way. At 24, I felt like I had already experienced far more life than the 18-year-olds that were beside me. And in my mind, that was reason enough to want to free them from their hardships. While I do not believe that 18 is too young to be sent off to war, I do feel like the American, uh, American society has become too disconnected from the conflicts that occur overseas, uh, so much so that people often forget what we ask of young men and women in uniform. And whether you hate or love the military or you agree or disagree with war, it doesn't change the fact that we have people in foreign lands that are willing to sacrifice themselves for our country or for the buddies at their side. And it doesn't change the fact that we still ship young men and women off to possibly die before they're even old enough to legally enjoy a cold beer. Military personnel certainly aren't the only ones capable of empathy either, or this selflessness. But from my own personal experience, there was always a very clear difference between the people I knew outside the army and the people I knew in uniform. And I would imagine this distinction is greatly due to how close you have to be to one another in the military. In most civilian jobs, you return home at the end of your workday. Business trips may require sharing a flight or maybe carpooling with employees from time to time. Lunch breaks, you might eat together in a cafeteria or work overtime uh, which would lead to extra time around your colleagues. But in the army, we often do field training that lasts for either weeks or months at a time where we don't get to go home at the end of the workday. We often have to share tents or open bays or whatever, where your personal space is about the size of your cot. 
during my ninth nine month deployment to Afghanistan, I shared a room that was probably not much larger than a prison cell. And I was only separated from my roommates by a whoopee. And so the only privacy I could ever get was when I was in like a portable toilet or something, which isn't saying much since there's usually someone locked in the one next to you that's just a few inches away. And those aren't the best choice in the summertime. But uh, on top of that, I also had to spend eight to 12 hours a day shut up in a guard tower with some other sad soul. And uh, so I guess it goes without saying, you get pretty close to people in the military, whether you want to or not. Uh, this unavoidable closeness, though, it can't be given all the credit for the amount of empathy or selflessness that exists. True, we are required to get closer than the average job may require. But uh, I know the tight bonds I formed with other soldiers occurred because we relied so heavily on one another to survive. It also comes from the realization that my life may have one day been in the hands of the soldier next to me or theirs and mine. And I was aware that if my battle buddy was feeling off some days that I would need to pick up their slack. And when we were thousands of miles away from all that we knew, I relied on members from my squad or my platoon to have my back and to keep me motivated and to just keep me focused when I couldn't do it myself. I've met many soldiers that have big hearts, and some of my favorite military stories have been about young guys or women uh, in combat that never hesitated to protect their friends or sacrifice themselves for their buddies. Even for being somewhat of a double-edged sword, empathy is an extraordinary character trait. It's unfortunate, however, that so few of its recipients truly understand the value of it or just grasp the kind of wear and tear it places on the individual that continues to give even when they don't receive and love or help others more than they love or help themselves. So to those that held the camaraderie from the military so dear, to those that were so willing to sacrifice for their brothers and sisters in arms, and to those that are deeply impacted by the loss of a battle buddy, have your compassion, but do not lose yourself in the attempt to save everyone from everything. Do not suffer needlessly or neglect yourself because of self-guilt. Your health and well-being are just as important as those that you're trying to save. Sebastian Younger wrote, in war after war, army after army, losing a buddy is considered the most devastating thing that can possibly happen. As current and former military personnel, may, many of us have this need or this impulse to try to save those around us. And that's because losing anyone can be shattering. But just don't take yourself out of the fight by trying to carry all the suffering, sorrow, and pain of the world on your shoulders alone. That's what battle buddies are for. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more episodes from Cruise Corner, make sure to subscribe. You can listen to episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts. If you would like to be featured on a future episode, please reach out to our Instagram page at cruise underscore corner.